Hi guys, welcome again to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's again a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow. Uh, we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can, as we continue to serve our Lord. Again, you can find the podcast on YouTube, find the video portion there. Uh, you can also find the podcast anywhere that you get your podcast. Um, and also there is also a video portion now if you listen on Spotify. Uh, and so check that out if you can subscribe there. Uh, so we're so thankful for your support and that you guys have found the podcast. And uh, we're so grateful for everyone that listens to the podcast. We are uh, up to about 16,000 downloads, uh, specifically around 16.4, uh, hovering around that 16.5K range. So we're thankful for uh, you know all the downloads and, and everything that you guys have done to support the podcast, and we're very appreciative of that. All right, so our topic for today, again, uh, I had another topic, but I changed it because there's, I'm not done studying that for that one yet. And there's so much more that I need to look at. So I'm not ready to do that one yet. But for this one, this one, I think will, will flow just a little bit more uh, naturally kind of without uh, kind of handwritten notes. Uh, actually, I do have some points, but not as, as detailed as it normally is. Um, so this week I had the opportunity to talk with a few people I had the opportunity to study uh, on some things and a lot of things that kept coming up was about the, uh, the children of Israel, right? It just, it was just a theme that just kind of kept coming up. So it wasn't, a, it wasn't necessarily, Hey, what do you think about the children of Israel? It was always a, uh, like a certain action. And then after that, well, the children of Israel did that. Right. And that, that happened all throughout the week as, as I had the opportunity to study with myself but also on Zoom calls and, and things like that with other people. Um, and so w- when you think about the children of Israel, um, the children of Israel, they were they were rebellious. Uh, they were fickle. They were, uh, they were demanding, and they were also kind of unbelieving. So that's just kind of four attributes there, but there's plenty more. But a lot of times what we can do is, we can read throughout Exodus, throughout Deuteronomy, throughout Numbers, and we can read the children of Israel. And when you hear a class on it or or a sermon on it, you know it's it's very easy to um to just you know go all in on on them and how wrong they were, you know, and how how uh you know how rebellious they were, how fickle they were. It's it's very easy to do that. Um, but throughout my study this week. I found out that it's not really, it's not really that hard to be like them. It's pretty easy to be like the children of Israel. And I know for me that, you know, I've been that way. Uh, Maybe you've been that way as well. And so sometimes what we can do, we can look at the children of Israel and we can see basically, uh, you know, how bad they were and kind of compare them to us. You know, it's, it's very, very easy to be just like them. And so here's the main thing I want to look at for us today as we talk about this. It all really boiled down to kind of one thing for me throughout this week's study is that for the children of Israel, no matter what, no matter what Moses did for them, Aaron, Miriam, God, Joshua, no matter who it was, nothing that these people and God did for them was ever good enough. Nothing was ever good enough for them. And so that's going to be our podcast topic today as we kind of go through this introduction here is nothing's ever good enough. You know, have you ever felt that way before? Like, 
um, like you giving like maybe at work, right? You're giving you know maximum effort at work, but then you have a, a certain boss or uh, a certain company that you work for, whatever it is, and it always feels like you know the effort that you're giving towards making yourself better for the company or or doing your job. It always kind of it's not enough. Like it's just never good enough. So how does that how does that make you feel for a second? Just kind of think about it with me. How does it make you feel when no matter what you do, li- literally no matter what you do, it's just not it's not good enough. You know, it's kind of um it's almost it, it drains you because you you know you know the um you know what you're putting out or at least what you're trying your best to put out. Not saying that we're perfect, but you know what you're putting out. And it's just like, man, it's just not, it's not good enough. And so for the children of Israel, no matter what Moses put out or, or Aaron or God himself, it was just never good enough for them. And so that's something that we want to talk about as we study the Bible today. We, we need to get out of this mindset and that could be us, right? That could be us today where, and I think sometimes we need to check ourselves and we'll get into this as we, as we go into the study, but sometimes Sometimes that's why we said it's so easy to be like the children of Israel, because sometimes no matter what somebody does for us, it's just not, it's not good enough. It's just not good enough. So for you today and for me today, as we study together, is nothing good enough for you? Is nothing good enough for you? So as, as we look at this, let's look at, let's look at number one here. So when nothing is good enough for you and I, as it was for the children of Israel. One thing that we'll do is we forget what has already been done for us. When nothing is good enough, we forget what's already been done for us. So look at Exodus chapter one. And again, if you're new to the podcast, you know, we love to open up the scriptures here so you guys can go back and take notes and and kind of double check everything and we can study together. So let's open up our Bibles here together and let's go to Exodus chapter one. And I want to look at verse um, 11 through 14. So before we get into that, that's what we need to talk about for a second. So <clears throat> there's times just like the children of Israel. There's times where we find ourselves demanding things out of God and demanding things out of others. And sometimes what happens is we only see what we don't have right now. And that's a very easy spot to get in. We only see what we currently don't have right now, rather than being appreciative of what's already been done for us. So let's let's build this picture together and let's build as we're talking about this mindset of nothing's ever good enough. It always has to start somewhere. So let's so let's start with the children of Israel's beginning. So Exodus one and let's read verse number 11. Let's look at the state of where they are right now. Therefore, they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh treasure cities and Phytham and Ramses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were grieved because of the children of Israel. So the Egyptians made the children of Israel serve with rigor or serve harder. But then watch verse 14. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage and mortar and brick 
and all manner of service in the fields. All their service wherein they made them serve was with rigor. So what's our what's our point? When nothing's good enough for you, we forget what's already been done. So let's look at their their state. They're in a state where they're slaves. They're in a state where they've been in bondage for over 400 years. That's all they know. That's all they know is bondage. And so the way that it describes that, it's it's something that the way that the Bible describes it, it's something that we need to be saved from. So, man, they're in this state right now. Somebody's got to help us. Somebody's got to help save us. So then notice this. Go to Exodus chapter 16. Again, as as we're as we're building this picture together through the Bible, let, let's keep looking at this. So look at Exodus 16. And um, I want you to notice verse two and three. So now we understand that from Exodus 1, 11 through 14, that they were slaves and how hard it was. But then from chapter one to chapter 16, we understand Moses was called. We understand the birth of Moses. Um, we understand that Moses was sent to go release God's people, right? They release them. They come through the wilderness. They go through the Red Sea. The Egyptians are trashed in the sea. But notice what happens here. Again, what are we talking about? When nothing is good enough for you and for me and for us, we forget what's already been done. So now let's look at Exodus 16, verse 2 and 3. So this is literally right after the sea crashes on the Egyptians and they sing and they're, and they're glad, verse 15, verse number two of chapter 16. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said unto them, would to God that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots and when we ate bread to the full, for ye have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill the whole assembly with this hunger. So now let's look at where they are. So Exodus one, they were in a state where they were slaves and they needed a savior. What did God send them? Moses. They have a savior. The savior helps them to escape. And now that they escape, what are they thinking about? Verse three, they're thinking about what we had before. See, when we, when nothing is good enough for us, no matter, and think about the actions that Moses did for them and really God did for them, save them from the Egyptians, which was the power at the time, which is when you think about it, impossible, brought them through the Red Sea and saved them from that nation, which is impossible and gave them a leader when no one, no one came for them for 400 years. And then all of a sudden, verse three now they want to go back. See, it's so easy to miss what God has done for us. And it's easy to miss what others have done for us, especially, and I want us to get this point. It's easy to miss what God and others have done for us, especially when we feel like currently or right now, they're not coming through. So, Think about it for a second. In this in this quick moment, God had done everything for them, but now they're in need in the wilderness. And notice how quickly they forgot the sacrifices God made for them, that Moses made for them. Because what did they feel like? 
in the moment, God, you're not coming through for me right now. Moses, yeah, I know you did this, but right now you're not coming through. See, here's the danger of that mindset. If we have that with God and if we have that with people, we'll always be, uh, as James describes, we'll always be a double-minded man. And what, what do we mean by that? We mean that no matter what people do for you and do for me, it's always based on what have you done for me lately. So, so we make people, basically we make people options. So look, if you can provide this for me now, okay, cool. But if you can't, I'm going to go to someone that can do this for me now. So think about what, what Israel's doing with God. All right, God, you helped us when we cried out to you. Okay. You gave us Moses. Okay. You gave us, you helped us with the 10 plagues. You helped us escape, but right now you're not helping us. See, that's, that's what we can do sometimes. And here's something that it's, it's a simple phrase, but it's, it's hard to live sometimes when we do things like this. And when we feel like God and others haven't come through for us currently, number one, it's easy to forget what they've done for us in the past because, well, you did that before. How come you can't do that now? If we have this type of mindset, this is the easiest trick in the book to lose something great. This is the easiest trick to lose something that's great. Well, how do you lose something that's great when you only focus on what they're doing for you right now? Again, big picture is always so important. Okay, I might not have gotten this from God right now, right today, right? December December 20th, I might not have got it from God today. But how has he led me here to this point? Let me not forget the obstacles he helped me get through. Let me not forget the times that he, that he was there for me. Let me not forget the things that he gave to me. I might not have what I want right now today, but let me not forget what God has done before. We need to have that same mindset with people. I might not have what I want today, but let me not forget what's been done for me in the past. Right? So again, I've literally heard people say, that one of my biggest regrets in life, and this is these are older people that say this. They say one of the biggest regrets in life is not showing family, not showing loved ones, and not showing brethren that I appreciated them. And the reason why they said that is because when they were here, right, whether whether they, they've passed away or whether they have moved or gone somewhere else, I demanded too much out of them. I demand it too much out of them. So again, what is the children of Israel doing? Nothing's good enough for us. So God, we've forgotten what you've already done because you're not doing something for me right now. So again, if we treat God that way, how are we going to treat people that come into our life that way? You're only as good as what you do for me now. Here's a, here's a, a tip through scripture and, and just life examples. There is no person alive that can always do exactly what you want when you want it right now. It's just not going to, that's just not how life works. But for some reason, society has taught us, and whether that comes from friends or whoever it is, society and other people have taught us that people have to give us exactly what we want right now all the time. And if they don't, then you need to go to someone who will do that at all times. 
can you have great intentions to do that for people? Yes. But naturally, it's, you can't. You can't. It's impossible. It's hard. You can't always get and receive everything that you want right now. So think about how selfish that sounds. Nothing's good enough for me. What What are you giving for me lately? Here's, here's one thing that we need to focus on as well as you close this point. It's easy when we talk about when nothing's good enough, we forget what's already been done. It's so easy to do that. Um, but it's very easy to keep our attention and to keep our focus on ourselves. And when we tell God and we tell others what I want out of them right now. So think about what the children of Israel are doing to God. You saved us from a terrible state, but this is what I want out of you right now, though. So now notice what they did in verse three. So you remember how bad Exodus chapter one, verse 11 through 14 sounded? They worked with rigor. They worked hard. They worked in the fields. They made pyramids. They did all this stuff. That sounds terrible, doesn't it? But notice what they said in their minds. They didn't, they didn't bring that up. This is what they brought up in verse 3. They said when we were in Egypt, we got to sit by the pots. We had to get we can we could have bread and we were full. So notice what the, these people are willing to do. God just saved them from bondage. But they're willing to sacrifice right getting better and they're willing to sacrifice what God has for them in order to go back to what's comfortable even in a terrible state. So think about what we can do too. Sometimes God sends people in our lives through, through the word providentially. I, I can't say how God works, but he sends people in our lives sometimes. And when these people come into our lives, just like Moses came into the lives of the children of Israel, what we can do is sometimes these, these people that come into our lives are pieces. And these pieces that come in, Sometimes these pieces are here to help us to leave from a quote unquote Egypt in our life to go to a better land in Canaan. But sometimes what happens with those pieces is instead of moving towards that better land with who God has provided for us, sometimes we'll listen to other people. Sometimes we'll listen to society. Sometimes we'll just, we just won't listen to God. And what we'll do is, well, I understand my situation in, in my quote unquote Egypt is terrible right now, but you know what? Instead of moving forward from that and getting better and going to this better land, I'm just going to stay here and I'm going to suffer. You know, that's one of the saddest things to see is sometimes people will stay in a state that they know is number one, comfortable, but then number two, they know it's bad. They know it's bad. But they still want to stay there anyway. And so notice what the children of Israel said. They won't ever say that the situation is bad, even though mentally they know it's bad. But what they'll say to you is, okay, yeah, I understand. I understand what's here. I understand what's going on here in my life. But you know what? I'm not going to tell you the bad stuff, even though I know it. What I'll tell you is what's good here. So look, I got food here. I could stay here. Okay, but you want to stay here and suffer? Moses was trying to lead them to greater. Nothing's good enough for you. Nothing is good enough. 
And so this is why we, we have to be careful. And as we close this point, here's one more thing I want to mention. There are two things that are never meant to be used in this life. Two things. Number one, God himself. God is not a genie in a bottle. God is not a lifeline. God is not, you know, your last resort. That's not who he is. So God is not meant to be used. The second thing that's not meant to be used is the, is the thing that he made in his own image. Man, people. But what do we tend to use the best? I'll use God for my purposes now. I'll use people for my purposes now. And so if that is us, and if we've done that before, and all of us have, but if we've done that, then we're telling God and we're telling people, nothing you do is good enough. You see why this, this, this little phrase is very dangerous? When nothing is good enough, then what we'll do, just like the children of Israel did, we forget what's been done. And we forget what others have done for us up to this point. So then number two, as we keep as we keep building this picture together. And again, before we move on, if you want to support the podcast, you can go to anchor.fm slash when the scriptures become real slash support. And you can support the podcast there. Um, and you can support monetarily. Um, last time I checked, we had three monetary supporters that give monthly. So I'm thankful for those supporters that give. And we hope that we can gain more as we build this uh, uh, this podcast together. All right. So, man, nothing is nothing's ever good enough. Nothing's ever good enough. So one, nothing's ever going to be good enough when we forget what's been done for us in the past. But then number two, as we build this idea together, when nothing's good enough now, now it's starting to get a little bit more real. When nothing's good enough, we become demanding. We become demanding. So when we become um, demanding with God and with others, two things are going to happen. One, nothing's ever going to be good enough for you, as we mentioned in the first, the first point. But then two, we'll find ourselves in a state of never being satisfied. No matter how great the thing has, you know, that's been done for us, where we're never we're never truly satisfied. And here's something that we need to talk about before we move on with this point. Sometimes when we think of somebody that's demanding, right? You think about a you think about a, a bad boss or you think about a bad coach or sometimes a good coach. But when you think about demanding, you think about someone who's very uh who's very brash, who's very angry, who's who's uh who's visibly discontent with what you're doing. That's our image of, of someone who's demanding. That's our image of it. But that's not always the case. And nine times out of 10, that's not how it's done. Now, the one time out of 10 that it is done, you know that it's happening. Nine times out of 10, sometimes most people aren't visibly angry. Sometimes people aren't visibly brash. Sometimes they're not visibly discontent, but they're just as demanding as the person that is. Well, how do you know that? You ever heard phrases like this? When you talk about being demanding, 
you know, you think about what the children of Israel did with God. So essentially, this is what the children of Israel said to God in, in chapter 14. Well, thanks, but next time you need to do this. Thanks, but next time to make it better, you need to do this. That doesn't necessarily sound, you know, brash, but you can you can hear you can hear the demanding out of it. You see, it becomes demanding because the first part of it, oh well, thanks. So they won't not say thank you, but then the second part, but you need to make it better this time. Or what about this one? Thanks is not what I expected, but it, it, it needs to be better though. You see, it, it's almost kind of like a like a it's kind of like a compliment sandwich. You know, you you start off well, you you end well, but then the whole middle is well, just do this better next time. Thanks, but that's not what I expected. But it it needs to be better though, God. Thanks, I appreciate it. Or what about number three? You know, thanks, I appreciate what you've done because this is what they did in Judges as they progressed. Thanks, but what someone else received is better than what you gave. Because then, what did the children of Israel say? Well, make us like the other nations, God. Forget what you've done for us. Forget how you provided for us. We want we want kings like everybody else. You see, this is why it's very dangerous to have a when nothing is good for you attitude. Because then inadvertently, and sometimes you don't even have to say this stuff in a mean manner. But even when we say these things, it's demanding. So look at this. Look at Numbers 14. Numbers chapter 14. And look at verse number, um, uh, where do I want to go? Look at verse number two. Yeah, Numbers 14, verse two. So watch what the text says here. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we have died in the land of Egypt, or would God that we have died in this wilderness? And therefore uh, hath the Lord, or wherefore hath the Lord brought us into this land? to fall by the sword so that our wives and children should be prey. Were it not better for us to return unto Egypt? <laughs> so again, think about this. Notice what they're saying here and they're slick with how they demand with God. So notice they're not, they're not, they're not saying God, we hate you. They're, they're not saying God, um, you know, we hate what you've done. They're not saying that word for word, but notice how slick they are with how they demand with God. They start with the questions. So, and notice they're rhetorical. So verse two, so would God have us to die in Egypt or would God have us die in the wilderness? So God, are you playing a game? So why would you take us out of Egypt where we were going to die anyway, to take us into the wilderness where you've led us to die? Right. Then number three, well, why has God brought us to this land? Number two, is he, did he just bring us out here to fall by the sword that our wives and children should be prey? Were it not better for us to go back to Egypt? You see, what they're doing here, it's slick. They're showing that they're never satisfied, but they're showing it without saying God's name directly. Right. This is this is what they do. Well, they said God's name, but they're they're showing it without addressing the problem directly. So if we if we notice this, think about this. Why do we? Here's the here's the question. 
why do we demand stuff out of people? And as I studied the children of Israel for this week, and I looked at a couple books about some things, I wanted I wanted to get into the mindset of us as as human beings. And I wanted to answer, I wanted to get answers from, from the Bible, and I wanted to get answers from the human mind. Why, why do we demand out of God and why do we demand out of people? Like why what causes that action? Why do we do that? And through my study of the scriptures and through books, all of it really boiled down to one thing, and it matches perfect with the children of Israel. We demand out of God and we demand out of people for fear of abandonment. We demand out of God and we demand out of people for fear of abandonment. Well, what what does that mean, fear of abandonment? So in the children of Israel's case, and maybe in your case, in our past and children of Israel's past, we lost something because either we lost it because of our actions or we lost it because what somebody else did. So regardless of whether you did it or whether it was somebody else's fault, you lost something. And so what happens is we remember that loss, whether it was my fault or whether it was somebody else's fault. We, we, we remember the loss. And so what happens is anytime something new arrives, that new thing always has to do things on my terms. And the reason why that new thing or that new person always has to do things on my terms the way I want it done is because I don't want to lose what I lost last time. So think about the chosen of Israel. Think about all the stuff that they've gone through. And so why are they questioning God in Numbers 14? Why did they question God in Numbers 11? What were they really afraid of when it really, I mean, just take all the, take all the other stuff out that they said. What is the biggest reason why they were scared? Because they were afraid that God was going to abandon them like they thought he did while they were in Egypt. This is why once they left, literally two months after, this is why when they left Egypt, the children of Israel used Moses for everything that he had. They used God because they were selfish because of their own fear. So sometimes that could, that's what can happen with us. That's what can happen with us. And, and not to go too deep into this, right? But there were, there were other books, you know, that, um, that I read in other, other scholarly articles that I read as well that when when we have certain things that have happened in our lives, right, pain, loss of a loved one, loss of a friend, uh, a divorce and a split home, no matter what happens, inadvertently because of what we've seen, 
when when people come and when things come into our lives inadvertently we almost demand that they have to work on my terms because i'm not going to lose again it's not going to happen so the question becomes and if this is us how do we get out of this mindset because we don't want to be like the children of israel because if that's the case then again no matter what anybody does for you you're going to forget what they've done for you in the past because it's not it's not meeting your current standard then two if that's us Nothing is good enough, so then we'll demand more out of them. So how do we get out of this mindset so we don't so we're not like the children of Israel? The one main thing again, the main solution through the Bible that that we saw, that I saw in my study, learn to be grateful. Learn to be grateful. You know, be be the one thing that the children of Israel missed. And the one thing that that we all miss today, too, is being grateful for what for what has been what God has done for us, but also being grateful and appreciative of what others have done for us, no matter how big or no matter how small, literally, no matter how big or no matter how small, just be grateful, be appreciative. Think about what God has done for you. Did he have to do that for you? No, he didn't have to. But he did. Think about what others have done for you. Did they have to do that? No, they didn't have to, but they did. You know, I think about um, working in youth ministry. You know, I, I love doing this. You know, it's my dream job. You know, I, I, I love working with youth in college and, and, and preaching and teaching. You know, I love it. You know, I absolutely love it. And there's there's times where uh, sometimes the youth group and the, and the kids sometimes They'll, they'll come together and it doesn't necessarily even have to be a special day. You know, it doesn't have to be my birthday. It doesn't have to be Christmas. It doesn't have to be another day that you get a gift. It doesn't have to be that. Sometimes they'll randomly just write random notes, you know, on, on my board or leave, uh, you leave notes in my office or, you know, draw a picture or whatever it is, you know, just what, how would that make them feel if whatever they gave me, I always say, Hey, well, this is, you know, this is a nice red picture, but you know, my favorite color is green. So next time, if you're going to give me something, make sure it's my favorite color. I don't think I'd be getting, I don't think I'd be getting, uh, you know, gifts from them anymore because I'm not appreciative. I'm not grateful. And why would they want to do it for me? Cause I'm not grateful for it. Learn to be, we have to learn to be grateful and appreciative of what people do for us, no matter how big or how small. But this, this means that we have to start getting out of this demanding mindset. So how do we do that? Number one, appreciate people's effort and God's effort because God, God has given effort. He's already done his part. Jesus has given effort. Philippians chapter two, John chapter three, John chapter one. Genesis chapter three, God has given effort, but appreciate God's effort and appreciate. I mean, it literally doesn't, it's not hard. It is not hard to appreciate somebody. It's not. I think sometimes because we demand it, we make it that way. It's not hard. Think about, think about the children of Israel for a second from numbers 14 and numbers 11. They had totally forgotten 
what their savior Moses did for them to escape. They forgot the 10 plagues. They forgot all that stuff. And so when we focus too much, we'll get to that point in a second, but when we focus on us too much, what others have done for us, it, it literally doesn't mean anything. Sometimes it almost gets to the point where we treat God and we treat people like you got to top it next time. All right, this this is great, but what you going to do to top it? What what are you going to do that's greater than this? What you going to do that's greater? It's like we keep tabs. Why? Let's keep going. <laughs> Let's keep going. So appreciate effort. Appreciate effort from God and appreciate effort from people. It's not hard. It's not hard, but we make it hard because of because of us. Then number two, another way to get out of this mindset is is we have to stop looking so narrowly. So the only narrow thing that we need to walk is the narrow way. But in walking the narrow way, it does not mean to be a narrow person. And what do I mean by that? When we focus just so much on me, on you, on what we want, on what I think I deserve, on what what you think you deserve, when we focus so much on that, and also when we focus on what we haven't received, it's it's a dangerous mindset because what can happen is we almost make ourselves our own God. If not, if not doing it, we make ourselves our own God. And this is why talking to other people is, is about this is very dangerous. What do I mean by that? You know, again, these are from these are book references. Okay, these are book references that I read. You know, when you think about what God has done for us in Numbers 14, what Moses had done for us, what did they say? Well, we remember the onions. We remember the leeks. We remember the cucumbers. So let's go back to Egypt. Okay, y'all remember the the fraction of the food that y'all got, but y'all don't remember being whipped? Y'all don't remember working in the field? Y'all don't remember working with rigor? Y'all don't remember that, though? See, when you look so narrowly on what you don't have, sometimes you'll take a bad situation and you'll make it look good to you. So this is what they did. They took a situation. Look, read, read Exodus one again. <clears throat> Look how bad that was. But what what we can do is when we become demanding, we can almost try to convince somebody else that my situation is not as bad as you think it is. Yeah, it is. It's bad. Oh well, well, I understand that my life is this, 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 and this. But I got onions. <laughs> I got leeks. I got watermelons, though but you don't see how bad your situation is. Sometimes what that's what we can do is when we look so narrowly, we can take a situation that we know in our heart of hearts is bad, but always try to paint it as if it's amazing. And that's what the children of Israel were, were great at. They always wanted to go back, but why, why, why go back? So this is why we, we have to be very, very careful of thinking so narrow-minded, right? And so we have to be very careful because that could be a selfish mindset. So what do I mean by that? There was, there was a, um, uh, a counseling book, and the counseling book mentioned a couple examples of stuff. So 
and mention when we think narrowly, right? And again, this kind of goes back to number one, not appreciating effort. So one, you know, you have an example of, wait, <clears throat> wait, she didn't do this for you. So if she didn't do this for you, then another person says, well, well, my wife did this for me. So that automatically means that your wife should be doing the same thing for you. Or wait a second, he didn't give you this. Well, my husband did it. My boyfriend did it. So that automatically puts that other person in a bad light. You see why that's that narrow, that's that narrow demanding mindset. Then we automatically put people in a bad situation that they're not just by listening to other people. Then number three, how do we learn to be grateful and get out of this mindset? We have to guard our hearts. Remember, I believe it's Proverbs that mentions guard the heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. You know, what the children of Israel, remember when they were in the, in the wilderness and remember when Moses went up to get the 10 commandments and when he got those commands, Joshua told Moses, the people, there's a, there's a riot down here. The people are, are making a, um, a, a golden calf. So think about this for a second. Where did they get that idea? You know, you're in the wilderness, you got all this gold. And so all of a sudden, somebody in the back, let's make a calf. <laughs> what? No one's just going to say randomly, let's make a calf. You know what I mean? That, that comes from something, right? So knowing, knowing Egypt's history, you know, a calf was one of their main gods. So even though God had saved them, where was their heart still? Their heart was still in Egypt. So they didn't guard their heart. And when they didn't guard their heart, then no matter what God did for them, we forgot. What have you done for me lately, though? No matter what God did for them, well, you need to do more. We become demanding. And if you ain't going to do nothing, all right, let's make a calf. <laughs> we'll make it. We'll make a calf. We'll do we'll do our own thing. OK, cool. And this goes back to a couple podcasts that we did before. But it's almost like, and again, sometimes when you're, and I've been in this mindset too, sometimes when you're there, you don't listen to reason. Sometimes, and especially when you got friends and when you got people that you know gassing you up that you're right, you're not going to listen to reason. You're going to listen to your demands and what you want. And sometimes you'll listen to other people's demands of what they feel like you need. Come on, man. I'm telling you, you're going to get, it's not going to end up pretty. It's just not. It's just not. And the children of Israel looked like they had gotten to a point where no matter what Moses did and no matter what Moses said, and sometimes no matter what the punishment, it seemed like they just, they were at a point when they first got out, they weren't going to listen to reason. And sometimes, you know, that just, that just has to happen for us. Sometimes you just got to let people go through their process. Does it mean you give up on him? Did Moses give up on him? No. Did God give up on him? No. But sometimes you keep teaching, but as you keep teaching, you can't force someone to listen. You can't force someone to go through the process. So the constant is Moses was still teaching. The constant is God was still teaching, but they didn't force the children of Israel to do anything. The children of Israel still had to go through their process of trying to get it right. And obviously we know they still had to keep wandering. 
So as we look at this up to this point, as we study this together, can you see how dangerous this mindset is of nothing's ever good enough? It's just not. You know, when nothing's good enough, we'll forget what people have done for us. Then when nothing's good enough, then not only do we forget what they've done for us in the past, we become more demanding now. But then number three, this is kind of the the crescendo of it all. So when nothing is good enough, then what 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 typically ends up happening, and with the children of Israel, this is what happened, but with us, this is what typically ends up happening too. So if we've been treating God and we've been treating our loved ones and friends and spouses and people this way, when we've been treating them like they've done nothing for us in the past, when they, like they've done nothing good for us at all, because we're looking at what's happening in the moment, when we become so demanding, you know, obviously we don't have to show that visible, you know, hey, you need to do this. But when we don't show when we don't appreciate effort, when we when we don't do that, then we're telling people we're demanding. That's what we're telling them. If we do these things. Here's the crescendo of it. We'll end up alone anyway. We'll end up alone. You know, we can't expect. We can't expect everyone to fit our every need. We can't expect that because that's not fair. It's not it's not fair. So when we think about this. When when. And this is why the children of Israel from the beginning almost treated God any way they wanted to and really treated Moses that way too. When when things and when people don't do things quote unquote our way, that's why it's so easy to go to another option. That's why it's so easy. And why do you think because because this is how our society thinks? Why do you think we got so many so many hurt people walking around? Because we got we got people hurting people and then we got another hurt person going to another person that's already hurt. And then a person that's hurt after they're done with that one going to another person that's hurt. So you now you got this cycle of billions of people going to other people that are hurt, then hurting them because they didn't get what they wanted out of somebody else. And then they use all right, so let's see what you got. So when nothing is good enough, we end up alone anyway. So think about this. Look at Numbers uh, numbers 14. Let's go back here. Numbers 14. Um, and I just wanted to notice this mindset here quickly. But Numbers 14, 4. And when they said to one another, after they complained, let us make us a captain and let us return back to Egypt. So look at the state that they wanted to go. We want to go back to a situation where even if it's just us, forget God, forget Moses, let's make us a captain among ourselves. And even if we have to go back in bondage by ourselves, it's better. Let's let's do that. When nothing is good enough, the crescendo of it all is we end up alone anyway. But, I mean, if you if you want to be honest with yourself as you're listening to this podcast and as you're studying with me, do you really want that? 
sometimes you might say that. Sometimes you might joke around with it. Oh, I just want to be alone. Oh, I want to be like Paul. There's one, there's people that want to do that for the right reasons, but you really don't want to be alone, do you? I know you don't. I know you don't. So why, why use these tools to try to get our way? It didn't work for the, for the Israelites and it's not going to work for us. And sometimes from Numbers 14, it's sad because sometimes we would rather go back and stay in a situation that we know, that we know is not good for us just to get what we think we need out of it. They were, I mean, think about it, man. Just read Exodus 1 again. They were willing to go back to that. That's crazy, right? They were willing to go back to that. You know, sometimes um, when we talk about growing and challenge and moving forward and getting better and maturing, when we talk about phrases like that, Sometimes we we won't do that if that is not a comfortable process for me. So I want to mature. I want to grow. I want challenge. I want to get better. I, I, I want to mature. I want to do these things. But if it's not comfortable for me to do it, then I'm not going to do it. So think about the children of Israel's problem. They demanded out of God because Israel... As, as terrible as that was, in their minds, they had gotten so used to that, that pain became comfortable. Dysfunction became comfortable. Evil became comfortable. You know, the same thing happens for, for people today. It's the saddest thing to see, man. It's It's unreal. It's unreal how sad it is. So you're saying that instead of at least trying to get better, that you want to stay in dysfunction because that's comfortable, that you want to stay in a painful situation because that's comfortable. You want to stay here because it's, it might be quote unquote fun and you don't, you want to stay here. Okay. You know, the thing about the children of Israel is they didn't go back to Egypt. But what they ended up doing was, was, in my opinion, worse. They were roaming in the wilderness until they died. And so when nothing's good enough for us, ultimately in the end, just like them, we're going to end up alone anyway. Why? Why are we going to end up alone? Because sometimes we'll get to the point just like them where Moses isn't good enough for us. And sometimes God is not good enough for us. Hmm. It's an interesting thought. 
Sometimes God is not good enough. Look at this real quick. Um, look at Joshua 5. Joshua 5. And look at verse 6. Here's the, here's the final, like the final act here. So again, if this is us, notice the final act of what's going to happen. Joshua 5, verse 6. For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people that were men of war, which came out of Egypt, they were consumed because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord unto whom the Lord swore, swore that he would not show them the land, which the Lord swore unto their fathers that he would give us a land that flowed with milk and honey. A lot of times um, when we get into this, this mind state where nothing's good enough for us, it becomes so easy to blame everybody else but us. So whose fault was it? that these people were roaming in the wilderness theirs whose fault was it that they didn't even make it theirs but let's ask this question did God provide them opportunity yeah that opportunity was Moses did God provide them food water shelter guidance protection God gave them everything but the one thing that they lacked they didn't appreciate it. And they demanded more out of him. You see, the thing about God, and even with a man, like a man-man, is it gets to a point where when it becomes too demanding and when there's no appreciation, why why are you going to stay? Like, literally, think about what What is the positives of staying when you're not appreciated? What's the positives? So God let them wander because this is what they wanted. So this is wasn't what God wanted for them. God let them wander because this is what, because of your actions, this is what you want. You know, I, I, we brought this example before, and, and we'll close with this. You know, we we had an example of of uh, of sports teams, and sometimes you'll have a player, you know has done everything for an, for an organization, everything for a city, everything for a community. But then, you know, the, the, the old owner, maybe he gives it to a new owner or the coach ends up being the owner. So then now there's a new guy or a new woman with another agenda. Now, well, we appreciate what you've done for the city, for the community, for winning us championships, but we think it's time for another direction. And the dude is still in his prime. And so then you get rid of him. And so then the guy, I mean, I'm telling you, watch, watch it, watch a sports interview. Next time a big name guy gets traded, then notice his first interview. I guarantee 100% of the time he'll say, you know, it's, it's nice to get a fresh start. You know what, you know what that is in code? It feels good to be somewhere where, um, 
appreciated. So, I mean, it happens everywhere. It happens everywhere. So, don't you think God wants some appreciation? So, guess what worship is? (laughs) Appreciating God. But guess what? It's even hard to get us there. Guess what study is? Appreciating God. Sometimes you can't get people to study. Guess what growth is? You appreciating God for what he's done. But now it's, it's too hard. You see, if that's us, we are this. Nothing's good enough. We're this. And if we treat God this way, best believe, best believe we'll treat a girl that way. We'll treat a guy that way. Best believe, best believe. So as we close this, understand there's going to be things that happen in life that you don't like. Understand, there'll be things that you feel like it could have been done better. Or with whatever state that you feel like it could have been done better in, in your life. Whether God did it or someone else did it. And technically, that's not necessarily wrong. But that can become wrong when we make what we want the standard. Israel's problem was they made their wants the standard for God to follow and people to follow and Moses to follow rather than, God, what do I need to do to follow you? Moses, what do we need to do to follow God? There's a difference. Israel got it wrong. Let's not get it wrong today. So for me, and again, this was a tough study, man. You know, I got to say this to myself. It's not like I'm just saying it to y'all. So for me and for you, and for for you guys listening, if you really be honest with yourself, has the things that God has done for you and has the things, no matter how big and no matter how small someone else has done for you, is nothing ever good enough for you? If so, might need to make some changes. I might need to make some changes. Is nothing ever good enough? Man, what a study, right? What a study, right? I mean, this was, I, I don't know. It's just that sometimes when you study the scripture, it kind of becomes overwhelming once the picture gets so clear. And you're just like, man, I don't want to miss it like them. You know, I don't want, I don't want anyone else to miss it like them. So, you know, let's, let's all together, let's just learn to be more appreciative of what people do. I mean, they don't have to, I literally, they don't have to, God doesn't have, but they do. God does. Let's just be appreciative of of what people do. And let's really self-examine. I mean, if you got to go back and if you got to listen to this again, listen to it again. Look at these verses, look at the points, look at, look at why nothing has been good enough. Maybe, maybe you fall right into that. If so, let's, let's change because God gives us a chance to repent and change. So, man, I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. I, I enjoyed studying that one today and this week. Um, so Lord willing, again, we'll be back on uh, Monday with another podcast. What we're probably going to do, we'll probably do kind of like a, a review kind of of 2021 
you know, moving forward uh, to 2022 and some things that we can do. Um, but I hope you guys enjoy your Christmas with your families. Uh, be safe if you're traveling. So Lord willing, uh, we will see you guys on Monday with another podcast. We're, we're looking forward to some great things happening uh, next year, Lord willing. And so we look forward uh, to being there with you guys. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.